tip out because after worship, it was nothing left for me to say or do. The work of the Holy Spirit was done here. Um, I want to say this to Zach and Rochelle, and um, thank you. And even when you said that you trust me, that means the world to me. Um, And I love our pastors, and I treasure them, and they don't do flattery, and I don't either. Zach already warned you, straight, no chaser. What you you see is what you get. But I want to say thank you because you all embraced our family. You have embraced who we are. I can say in all the years that I've been living for the Lord and all of that and going to different churches, coming to encounter has been the greatest transformation and transition of my life. And when I came here, we were actually coming with Jordan because Jordan was coming for a specific reason. He was going to be taking up residence in this house. And because I am that mama, I wanted to make sure that where he was was good good ground and they would be administering good seed because I did not want to have to come and beat people up and for corrupting seed. And we came in that Sunday and we got wrecked. God, like, highlighted us. And Zach began to prophesy, and then Chris, you spoke into Reggie, and that unleashed a well of healing. It uncapped something in him that really changed his destiny and, um, and his heart towards leadership. So I thank you all for entrusting us, and I honor you, and I'm excited about getting to talk about engaged, engaged discipleship. And you know what, Father, we just thank you right now because heaven's already been released in this place. You're already moving, and you're already doing what you have said you were going to do and what you showed me you were going to do so I'm excited so we just thank you that hearts have already been open to receive and we just bless the people in Jesus name well I'm excited about talking about engaged discipleship there is so much freaking oh can I say that okay too late I did literally I and I, I was thinking it's the lights but it's not the lights there's like this level of gold glory that I'm squinting because I literally cannot even hardly see you guys and it's like it's I'm like kind of backing up because it's so thick up in here it's just like what is even happening right now father but what happened even as we're talking about engaged discipleship as we're worship worshiping I heard disciple shift Something shifted in the hearts of the people as we begin to engage in the discipleship of worship. When we walk in authentic discipleship, it will cause a shift in your life, in your heart, in your mind to where we will never be the same. And if I didn't preach, if Zach didn't preach, if nothing else was done today and all we had to do was worship and go home, I declared that I would be changed and I know you would be too because we've encountered the presence of the king. There were angels here with us. We sang with the angels, and the Holy Spirit moved in this place. So I'm excited. I'm just like, we already had the appetizer, Andre. I guess I'm just good for the dessert. <sighs> so engage discipleship, and we'll get ready to put that scripture up. When I began to really think about this, and I was excited about it, and I was like, what does this even look like? And, but, you know, we were, I went to um, breakfast, uh, brunch with Zach and Rochelle on my birthday, don't be jealous. They don't love me that much more than you all. Um, and I celebrate my birthday all month. We got all the way to the end of January. So if you want to take me to brunch, they won't be jealous. But we were at brunch and we were talking about this and we began to say, Zach said, you know, I don't even know. 
what is, you know, we were talking about discipleship and have, were we really even discipled in church? Because I don't know about you all, those, because I didn't come up in encounter. I came up way back in the day. Some of you weren't even born yet. But we came in, where we came to church, we sat down, we did what we taught, we listened, we walked out the door, that was it. We were not properly discipled. We were just herded in and herded out. But we get an opportunity where we get to engage. And I begin to share with them that I've never met pastors like this before in my life whose heart is to really disciple the people, to come alongside them. And when you come into a, 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 a discipleship, you're coming from a place of you want to come alongside somebody and you want to call them where they at and you want to call out the destiny and call out the goal. And they're a lot like Jesus when he was going about his business. And he said, hey, you put that net down. Come follow me. You over there collecting taxes. Called them right out where they were and came up under them. And he didn't look down at them, but he pulled them alongside of them. And the most beautiful thing about discipleship is this. When we disciple like Jesus and when we get disciple like Jesus, this authentic and true discipleship will take you from following the light. Because remember he said, come follow me, come follow me, come follow me. And so um, they were following the light, but it takes you from following the light to walking in the light to then becoming the light. So we, it changes you, it transforms you, it brings you into something greater than yourself. And so I want to highlight a couple of those things that true discipleship calls you into. And Zach already said, buckle your seatbelts because we might be in for a ride. I don't know where we're going, but hold on. If we hit turbulence, it's all right. We're going to get where we're supposed to be, okay? All right. I got to take this off because I can't fight with the word and fight with this jacket. Thank you, Rochelle. Okay. So we're going to talk about point one and what uh, discipleship calls you into. Discipleship calls you into love. The heart of God is always and has always been to love. That's what the whole purpose and concept of Jesus coming is because of the love of God. We understand it wasn't because we were lowly and worth nothing and not, you know, worth two. What is that? What they're saying? Saying two cents in Chinese money. Where we weren't, we were valuable, and He called us into love. And not only does He call us into love with Himself, He calls us into love with one another. Discipleship calls you into a place of love, not just receiving love, but extending love. Because when you enter and you engage, and by the way, engage means to participate in. It becomes an active, willing participate. You cannot engage in anything like this. You have to open yourself up to it. You have to be open. You have to be free to receive and free to give. So when he calls us into love and we begin to embrace that love, then we can begin to love one another and I can partner with you and I can side up next to you and I can begin to walk with you and guess what love births love births intimacy and if you didn't hear you three weeks ago Rochelle Pastor Rochelle spoke on engage intimacy and if you weren't here go online get the message because you need it because there's if you pay attention there's something being woven here it's a beautiful tapestry that's changing our lives but we can't engage in intimacy with anybody that we do not love 
Otherwise, it's called rape. And God does not force himself on anybody. The Holy Spirit is not going to force you into love. He woos you into love. And we begin to love because we were first loved. When I came in here, I had been broken by some leadership and some things. So I was like, I don't even know about these people because they, I don't know. But, you know, we're going to keep coming back and see. And I'm able to authentically love them because they first loved me. And that when they, and it, it, it and loving somebody didn't look like wanting something from somebody. It wasn't about what can we get out of you and what can we do. It was like, what can we do? How can we help heal you? How can we help raise you up? How can we serve you? When you come from a place of authentic love, it will open you up that allow you to love because you were first loved. We were created to love. And sometimes we've been broken and we've been wounded and we've been hurt and we shy back. And that's another reason why we don't engage in discipleship because I don't know what you want from me. Why do you keep speaking to me every Sunday? I just want to come to church and go home. And this lady, Lori, keeps prophesying to me and crying and saying, I love you. And then these other people keep saying, God is so good over your life. And it's like, what do you want from me? They want to love you. And in return, it pulls out the love that's in you. It opens you up to become into a place of intimacy. And intimacy will birth identity. Because when you enter a relationship, my kids don't have to ask who their father is. They know. They know. And if they didn't, they look just like him, so they still know. Do you understand what I'm just saying? We never, we don't have to ask who our father is because they know their identity because they were loved. They were birthed from a place of relationship and enemy intimacy that opened them up to receiving their right identity. And it didn't matter what you looked like before when you engage your identity changes. And I love that last week, Zach had the thumbprint up there on engage identity. And I looked at that and I said, you know what? That's what engaging does. It leaves an indelible print right there on you. We get the handprint, the fingerprint of God right over us, over our heart. It changes our DNA. It inexplicably changes who we were into who we were supposed to be and who we were called to be. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God. Ah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When we get our relationships right, it opens us up to not be afraid to come alongside and to disciple one another. What does that look like? A lot of times we don't want to be discipled because we have it twisted and it's so close to the, and rooted in the word discipline. And we have missed appropriated that word and tied it discipline with punishment so we live in fear-based thought processes and fear-based old wineskins and religious mindsets so we better it's like i better go to bible study because i don't want to get in trouble i better get the prayer because i don't want to get in trouble but there's no fear in discipleship discipleship releases you from a place of fear and shoulders you up in a place of faith that allows you to stand up and rise up and begin to love and walk alongside the broken and the wounded and the hurting and those that don't always look like you and those that don't always think like you and we don't have to look at them with judgment and condemnation all we have to do is love them and walk alongside them and we don't have to continue to tell them that they're going the wrong way because can I tell you people already know where they are 
If I'm driving to L.A., and that's the 15 South, and I'm on the 95 North headed to Reno or Mesquite or wherever that is going to take you, I don't need you to come alongside me telling me, you're going the wrong way, you're going to, you'll never get to L.A. from here, you're not going to make it. And it's, I, I, can you stop and pull me underneath you and lift me up and say you know I noticed that you seem to be going a different way and let's look at the map together let's look at the heart of God together what does his heart look like for you and we can get you pointed in the right direction and not only will I tell you how to get there I'm gonna get in the car with you and ride with you can I tell you we had this crazy experience Jerry and I did going to get Chelsea in Oregon and we were lost because and I didn't I had the map and it wasn't working right and all of this stuff and it was taking me in unfamiliar territory. We get afraid when we get in unfamiliar territory. And for some of us, intimacy and identity and discipleship looks like unfamiliar territory. So we shy away and we're afraid. And we pull over and we're in California somewhere in the backwoods on the backside of the desert, almost on the very edge of hell, I'm telling you. And it's like, where are we? And I'm broken and I'm like, and I said, oh, they have Oregon Place. Let's ask them where we're going. And we stop. And when this, like, it's an older couple, remember this, year? And I'm like, can you tell us how to get to Eugene from here? And he looks at us and says, um, who told you to go this way? He's like, where y'all from? We're like, Las Vegas. Ooh, how'd you get way out here? I'm like, oh, he said, well, we'll tell you to go that way. But man, yeah, you know, it's those 45 degree angles and all this. And it's producing fear and it's producing fear. And I'm thinking we ain't going to never get Chelsea. She's going to be stuck at school. I'm going home. How do I get back? And, and all this stuff is happening. And he's like, well, let me just, he asked his wife, Susan, these girls need to go. She's like, oh, how'd you get over here? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a GPS? Well, it's not working because we're out of store. Oh, man, well, we, no, don't send them that way. No, don't, no. He said, well, here, let me write you out some instructions. And he wrote them out, and I swear to you guys, this man wrote out some chicken scratch. I, I was like, I don't understand what this is saying. I don't speak chicken scratch. I speak <laughs> tongues, English, interpret. And he's like, hands me this chicken scratch, slaps the card. Well, good luck, girls. And we're even more lost now than we were before because now we're twisted around and trying to follow directions that were never intended for us. And so sometimes in this journey, in our life, in our walk, and we're trying to find out who we are in Christ and we're trying to re re reclaim or redeem the identity that he's called us to, we get in situations that have told us you're worthless, you're not going to make it, you might as well turn around now. You were never meant to be anything. You'll never have anything. You're just like your father, your mother, and whoever all this other foolish stuff is and we get twisted and we get to turn around and then we pull along can you help me and then we tell them well, you know you're never going there you know and it's like no but discipleship allows us to say here I'll make the directions plain we'll open up the word of God together by opening up his heart and letting you explore what it looks like for you and then I not only will I I won't just leave you here I'm gonna get in the car and I'm gonna walk this journey with you to the end I won't leave you. I'll stay with you. I'll be beside you. I will ride this thing out all the way with you. Relate, uh, engaging discipleship, it calls us, after it calls us into love, calls us into relationship. Oh, I should have gave you, read these scriptures for you guys. Okay, you guys can read, right? Okay, we good then. We good. Okay. So, 
pray for me. <laughs> okay, so it calls us into love, and it calls us into relationship. And out of relationship, discipleship calls us into freedom. Discipleship will absolutely call you into freedom. Well, let's go back. I want to backtrack because I don't even know if I have this up here. Discipleship calls you into I'm going to skip. Okay. We're going to go into discipleship calls you into unity because this is big. Because when you have your relationship and you have the intimacy and you have your identity, then you need to be unified. It calls you into unity, which and ah, when we come together in unity, Amos 3 and 3 says, how can two walk together unless they agree? If we're going to be walking alongside of each other, walking with each other, at some point our disagreements will begin to melt under the heart of love and we begin to walk in agreement together to see the end of this thing. We don't get stuck and we don't get haltered, but it brings us to a place of absolute unity. And as I love what Zach says is that unity and uniformity is not the same thing. So we're not all sitting up here looking like 2,000 2017 robots in one role model uniform, but our hearts are divinely connected and woven together because we have relationship and because we've been intimate with each other. And because I'm not intimidated by your identity, you know why? Because I know mine. And I know that in the kingdom of God, there's more than enough room for us. There are no haves and have nots and stepkids and all of that foolishness, but we are one. We are one and we're a body and we're designed to fit together. And how can can we fit together where are not in unity i can't bring a bugs bunny puzzle from walmart and hook it up together with a mickey mouse puzzle from disneyland the puzzle pieces won't mix they don't go together but in god although we may not look like we go together we come together we're conformed together in unity Ephesians 4 and 6, I'm going back to relationship, just the scripture. From him, the whole body is fitted and held together by every supporting ligament. Supporting, supporting, supporting. If my feet were not working, if my ankles were not working, if my femur was not working, what would support me in standing here in front of you all? I would not be supported. But because I everything is fitted together, not only am I able to stand, I'm able to walk, and I'm able to run. So when we walk with the broken, we lift them up and we help them fit together where they go. And we don't despise each other because you're a foot and you're a hand. And Because I can't write without a hand. And if I lose my big toe, I can't walk. We have to come together in unity. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and when we come together in unity, something powerful it happens and it goes back to relationship because when relationship is formed unity is birth and when unity is birth a community is forged you cannot have a community without disciples otherwise you're producing a dead work when Jesus called the disciples they were a living growing entity and they began to expand and even after he left the earth the church continued to expand because the disciples were about their father's business which is making disciples of all men 
When we come together, it increases our community. And when a community is forged, the bride rises up in who she's called to be without spot, without a wrinkle. We rise up in in authentic authority and power. We rise up to represent who we're called to represent on on the face of the earth. And the entire world is changed. And it cannot be changed outside of discipleship. It will not be changed outside of discipleship because that's where our hearts are knitted together. We're knitted together. Thank you, Jesus. It creates a movement. Discipleship creates a movement that is unstoppable and it's like a wave. I I keep trying to go around this, but I'm just going to put it out here. Discipleship calls us into order. Can I just be real with you? It calls you into order. And sometimes we don't like order because we've stepped into freedom and we have grace and we have mercy and we have all of this. But do you understand you can't have all of that without order? Everything God did, he did with order. When he created the the heavens and the earth, he did it within the confines and structure of an order. And sometimes we've misidentified order as a box. And so we feel like I don't want to get in order because they want to put me in a box and I can't be free to do as I want to do and all of this stuff. Order comes, order isn't a box. Order is a healthy boundary so that you're not out there doing everything you want to do and end up. My kids, I have four kids, we had to have healthy boundaries. They had freedom, run around in this yard and do what you want to do. But if you step outside of the gate and there's a street and you get hit by the car, it's not that I don't want you to play in the street. I don't want you to get hit by what's coming. So we create healthy boundaries until you're old enough to walk outside of the gate on your own. And then you can help lead others safely across the street. So discipleship helps bring us into order so we're inside the confines of healthy boundaries and that's not control and when we have order we can then operate in a spirit of excellency there is no excellence in chaos and, and out of, in confusion. So discipleship brings us into a place of excellency because it pulls out the gold in you. And you, it releases the dreamers. When Chris Ritchie is singing that song, it's releasing the dreamers. It's pulling out the excellence. It's calling on your gifts and talents. And it's saying, rise up and you can do this and you can be this. And you're all who God has called you to be. And you can do it in excellence. Discipleship, when we walk in order, it actually calls us into freedom. And we have to really understand what that freedom is. And I'm going back to freedom like this. is because we're not islands and we're not designed to walk alone. And if we walk together, if we come together as one, I have freedom. I have freedom to bleed. I have freedom to hurt. I have freedom to open up. And you have freedom to pour in the healing and the wine. <clears throat> Discipleship will call you into freedom. I wrote something here and I have it on my phone. Thank you. Discipleship calls you into accountability. 
because we're not an island and we were never designed to be an island and in the accountability is where you find freedom because one of the worst things that we can do is get along without being discipleship without people walking alongside of us because when you get out there and then the world begins to beat you down and try to snatch you back to where and who you used to be or who you thought you used to be when you have discipleship it says that's not who you are anymore you're not that and really the truth is you never were that you just didn't know it help me bring you back into a place of understanding who you are let us work together let us pull this train together oh father we were never designed we were never designed to walk this out alone I want to talk about something um when I started thinking about God, what does this look like? A couple of things came to me, stood out to me was Mary and Elizabeth um, and uh, um, Ruth and Naomi because there was a level of discipleship. And sometimes we confuse discipleship with mentorship. And I can mentor you from afar, but we have to come close to disciple. I can't disciple anywhere, anyone from afar. We have to come in close. I can mentor anybody. You can go online. And you can, oh, they're, they're my mentors. I'll read their books. But discipleship is hands-on. It's one-on-one. It's coming together. It's a unifying. And so I began to look at this and Ruth and, and Naomi and how some tragedy had happened. But she clung to her sense of support. She could have turned back and went back to the way she came from. But she said, where you go, I'll follow where where you go i follow and when we cling to those that god has placed in our lives to help take us further into where we're called to be something amazing happened divine connections are birth out of discipleship divine connections because it was through naomi that ruth met boaz and not only did that release something for ruth it released something for naomi and it went down through the generations and Jesus came out of that lineage and we're sitting here because Ruth agreed to submit under Naomi and it called out the greatness in her. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, Mary went to her. We don't know it all. You know that? We don't, we don't know it all. I don't know everything. I've, I've never. Mary had never been pregnant before. And the, the Lord sent her to meet with Elizabeth who was six months pregnant. And what happens is when you make divine connections and you come up under the discipleship, you're called to disciple, it will make your baby leap. Because what happened when the two connected, her baby began to leap. And I don't know about anybody else, but when I come in this place, my baby begins to leap. And they will walk with you. True disciples will walk with you all the way through the birthing process. They don't leave you when the labor pains get too intense. They don't leave you when you have to travail through some things they stick with you through the birthing process and the word says that she was with her for three months so that tells me she was there when John was born discipleship will walk through you all the way through the birthing process and we need to understand that we get some things out of discipleship that we can't get otherwise uh Elijah and Elisha 
it started out like a mentoring thing until it came into a discipleship. And he walked with him and walked with him and walked with him until at the certain amount he caught the mantle. There was something that he needed from his disciple that had to be released in him that took him to the greater. Who are you walking with? Who are you discipling? Who are you releasing? Who are you engaging your mantle with? Who are you sharing your heart with? We've got to begin to release the discipleship in us. We have to come from a place where also where we, it's not that we no longer continue to be disciples, but we choose to be disciples because that's the difference. That's growth and maturity. It takes you from always being at the bottom to understanding at the top because now I'm doing the serving. I don't always need to be served. I've been risen up to serve and to pour out. So today, I want to challenge you all to begin to engage in discipleship, to walk in who you've been called to be, to partner along somebody, come along somebody's vision, come along the vision of this house, because we're a community, and we're a force, and we're rising up, and we're training up, and we're releasing. Discipleship doesn't keep you right where you are. Discipleship raises you up to release you. It's time to rise up. It's time to rise up and engage discipleship.